Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I, I, I'm going to give this to you. To I'm going to hold on to this. I hope I don't need this. I had a friend text us, a, a friend of the show and of the PTI family, saying that it took about a week, but that after a week she noticed a, a decrease in snoring. And I'm trying to see if this is going to help me breathe through my nose. So I, you're, I, you're still taping your mouth closed. Terrifying. Again, yeah. this what morning are you doing? I so I don't want to get a call, <laughs> you know, from Liz. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Don't worry about the games. We're going to talk to Will Bond. We're going to talk to Pat Forty. We'll get to the games. I'm going to start with this. This is an email I got a month ago. At the end of your February 16th show, you played a tag of the great line, well, I certainly hope you'll die soon, from the Monday uh, movie broadcast news. After hearing that, I said, I know that guy. That memorable line was said by Robert Cadams, an actor from Brooklyn who happens to be the father of a colleague and friend of mine, Susan Cadams. Better yet, his son and my friend's brother is Jason Cadams, a wonderful writer and producer best known for Friday Night Lights and other notable shows. Is this a David Aldrich moment? While I have your attention, I hail from the great town of Syosset, New York, where I grew up reading your columns in Newsday. Syosset is the hometown of five-time Olympic gold medalist and four-time WNBA champion Sue Bird who's in every commercial in the world right now and does a good job. Yeah. Academy Award winner Natalie Portman, Emmy Award winner Judd Apatow, and World Cup and Olympic soccer champion Shannon McMillan, and it's signed Eat It Hicksville by Michael Ritz <laughs> in New York, New York. But he, he knows the actor, so isn't, that's... Isn't I that just, fantastic? Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Now, let me get to... By the uh, way, the great, the great prelude to that line, he goes, I'm almost old enough to not be insulted by the line, you're, you, 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 you call this an early retirement. Yeah, it's, really, it's, it's really good. It really is. Um, I will start just briefly with the Oscars. Uh, they were not for me. Um, I watched the opening number, didn't get it. Watched the three comedians, didn't get it at all. Watched one award being given out. Hadn't seen any of the movies. Didn't know the names of any of the movies. I knew the name, West Side Story, the young woman who played the Anita role um, that Rita Moreno won an Oscar for 60 years ago. She won. That, that, that's great. But I was Du Bois. Yeah, I was done. I said, oh, it's not for she me. She was the bullet in Hamilton. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was not for me. There are things that are not for, The Grammys no longer for me. When I was young, the Grammys were for me and not for my parents. These are not for me. Okay, so I bail out, and then Nigel comes over and says, did, did, you, did, you, did see, you see it? <laughs> did you see Will Smith and Chris Rock? No. So he showed me the clip. Chris Rock makes a joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, which is a joke about the fact that she's got no hair at the moment, and it's a G.I. Jane joke or something like that. Right. And Will Smith gets out of his seat. And these are not the regular kind of seats you're used to at the Oscar. There's like tables, sort of like at the Golden Globes. Yeah, it looks a little bit like that, yeah. Tables. Will Smith gets out of his seat, goes on stage, and hits Chris Rock in the face. Michael, your reaction was it was staged. Still think it's staged, yeah. Staged. Yep. Then Will Smith goes back to his seat and curses a little bit, a couple of times. And then apparently Will Smith wins the Oscar for playing Richard Williams, and then apologizes to everyone except Chris Rock. So, like, there's stuff I don't know. I don't know if they're boys. I don't know if it's planned. I don't know anything about it. Nigel, you thought it was not staged and was serious. I, 
I, I had, I was. Chris Rock turned on it pretty well. I, I was, yes, he did. As a great comedian, when something doesn't land, you're like, oh, I got to pivot to something. Yeah. Um, but before I saw the video, I thought, well, this is staged. It's because the Oscars need to sort of get some buzz to get people. Since watching. nobody has seen any movies, right? And but then I watched it, and to me, it it looked 100 percent real. So I mean, and he slapped him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. My only issue is the size differential. I think it's going to take. This big. I think it's going to take Chris Rock a little bit longer to recover, and he's he. It's like three seconds after, and he's ready with the next line. I thought he. I thought he sort of looked around a little bit. and Was like, what's going on? Got to be fair. You've that been fr- you've been breaking this down in freeze frame for the last twelve hours. <laughs> there are people that put it on the on on Twitter. Is, with like, does the thing film. connect? Does it actually connect on Chris Rock's face? It looked or chest? Yes. Like, no. I don't know that from the angle no. you showed. Yeah, catches catches when you see the slow-mo, it catches him full on in the face. Yeah. I thought initially he he punched him, but it's an open open hand. So this slap. is to get uh viewers for next year. <laughs> and for yes. Will Smith and Chris Rock to host. I guess, yeah. Bury the hatchet on stage and home. So I missed it. Yeah. I missed all of it. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't see any of the movies and I actually don't care, but a moment like that on television, if if staged is good, if not staged is great. Well, that's why I like Chris Rock's line, because as he's sort of trying to, to find his way back They're to cursing. the course of it. Is it bleeped out on American television? On American television. Because you totally showed me a Japanese out. version. Yes, which was un- uncensored. Weird. Yes. Well, that's just so you get the full flavor of yeah. it. But Chris Rock just sort of ends up by saying, well, this is the greatest night in television, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was at the very least, whether it was real or not, I think we can all agree it was utterly bizarre. I mean, you should never see something like well, that. Well, I was done. I mean, I was done early on the, on yeah. the Oscars. What about you? I, I was done early. Yeah, I just... I, but I still... This, this is the problem. I still have the list. And I remember when Anne was on the show about a month ago, I still very much want to see Coda. After last night, I want to see it even more. Sure. Coda won. I yeah, very much want to see Belfast. Yeah. yeah. I think you like... I've seen Belfast. I, I I've really seen like half that. of West Side Story. Know I, how the second half ends, so... I've got, I've got the movies. I've got all the movies. I haven't watched any of them. <laughs> I, did, I haven't watched any of them. So let me get to what I thought would be the main thrust of what we talked about in the open today. And that is cottage cheese at the Refugee Safeway. I have a note in my hand that I'm going to read from Robert Manley, who writes, after listening to the Wednesday podcast, I heard you speak about not finding cottage cheese nor the Baskin-Robbins coffee ice cream that you like. Being I'm a loyal fan and also a department manager at Safeway in D.C., not that one, though, the Refugee Safeway. I'm going to make sure this is taken care of. In return, a shout-out would be nicely appreciated. I'll email you back once everything is done, sir. That's really nice from Robert Manley. We're ahead of the game now. On Saturday, I got a very early text from friend of the show, Rob Stronach, who said he was out for a walk, and he stopped by the Safeway at Arlington Road. Okay, the Bethesda Safeway. Right, in Arlington Road. And he said they are loaded with cottage cheese. He called it the mother load of cottage cheese. (laughs) including large curd, 4%. He said, though, the ice creams, no, three rows of Baskin-Robbins ice cream and no coffee. Now, again, to repeat, why do I like the coffee? Because it's the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't like Baskin-Robbins ice cream, generally. In fact, I don't like any Baskin-Robbins ice cream other than this coffee, which I found one day a couple of years ago and can't get enough of it. I'm surprised because I think it would be too light and sweet for No, it's dark. It's dark. It's very, very good. I get a text from Nigel later in the day, and you write to me what? And you talk to me as well. Yes, I'm in front of the cottage cheese section at the social Safeway, and they have some. Would you like some? I think I'm just going to get you some. And while I was giving you that message, some bloke 
came up into the last two four percent. Oh, go ahead. So, so tell that story. So then I, I I was like, as I looked in, I was like, oh, there's more. Oh no, it's just the two percent. He literally took the last two. It's small curd, maybe. Yeah, small curds. That's I want what it was. small curd. So I had Losers to chase eat down small curd. Losers. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to chase down this bloke, and and I finally I, I tracked him down by the milk uh, section, and I said, excuse me, sir. Did you take the, the the last two four you know large curds and he goes yeah but there's plenty back there's like no no, no. really weren't those were the last two and I was like I hate to do this but my friend really prefers those and you just can't find them right now could I pay you for one of those you know and he, and he just said and he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit like I can't believe this is happening well, but then he said of course you don't have to pay me here you go here's one of my two his name was Jack that was all he told me his name was Jack Happy Jack Happy Jack uh, well it wasn't particularly thrilled but he was doing a very nice thing so jack i want to thank you for for giving me one and i brought it over there's no chance he listens to this podcast so don't worry about <laughs> the it. lesson here is at the safeway you always have to act in a defensive manner you put it in the cart <laughs> yes. okay. the cart signals ownership I, so now yes. armed at least with, intent <laughs> armed with all of this armed with all of this and by the way the <clears throat> the expiration date on nigel's cottage cheese is may 2nd which is fine now you might want to put that in the fridge just a recommendation i just did Okay. I just did. Armed with all of this, I thought, well, I could go to the Arlington Road Safeway, but I'm going to bet that there was a big delivery of Lucerne Kachis. You got to remember, Lucerne is the Safeway house brand. Safeway is the only place that carries this, and Lucerne is produced by and for Safeway. I'm not a Breakstones cottage cheese guy. So I felt maybe a series of deliveries had taken place on Friday, Friday night, early Saturday morning. And at about 9 o'clock, 9.30, I ventured out of my house, and I went over to the refugee Safeway, where, lo and behold, my hunch came true. And there was a lot of cottage cheese. So I bought one. Interesting, I just looked at it before. It has the same expiration date, 502 2022, which indicates to me there was a one truck yes. that was servicing the stores in and around this area. Or one delivery that then gets shipped out to these. Yes. Yes. So, um, so I've got that. Now I've got two of them, which makes me happy. I tossed the last one with the mouse in it. I, From January. I got rid of that. But once again, I went to the Baskin Robbins ice cream, no coffee. No coffee at Safeway. Tremendous amount of flavors that if you like Baskin-Robbins, you're happy. But none for me. You know, not a rose for Emily. None for me, as the zombies <laughs> I say. did check social Safeway for that. None. I ended up having to go to the... Rob Stronic said none. Yeah, and I went to the... Maybe they don't make it anymore. Well, that could be part Maybe of the issue. Maybe they don't make it. So I wonder if it, so the pandemic has changed the way that we shop and it's changed with the supply chain changed the way that people were sending out flavors. So for example, you might have 15 different Baskin Robin flavors and they might have shrunk it to 8 and maybe your co maybe your coffee flavor is just the last one out or they don't even have people, chocolate. Over the last two years people are going there and instead of buying one pint of ice cream, buy they're 10. buying 10. Okay. You know, the 2 for 5 and you're buying 6 of those. So let me explain why I don't like Baskin Robin's ice cream beyond the fact that I just don't like it. It like Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's is a perversion of ice cream because every flavor has at least two things in it. And it's, I don't want that. Some have three and four things in it banana nut, um, strawberry flake, asparagus, Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> stuff like that. I don't want that. I'm old. 
I'm a traditionalist. I want one flavor. Coffee, toffee, crunch. Not, I, I don't even really want that. I'll take chocolate chip. But, but Baskin-Robbins does this as well. You know, banana raisin, whatever. I'm making this up. It doesn't yeah. matter. And, and, things, and the other thing that Ben & Jerry's does is it stuffs everything with cookie dough. Cookie dough is a plague. It's terrible for you. It's, it'll, it'll rot your arteries. I don't like cookie dough. So I just like single, it's like single malt whiskey. I just like single flavor ice cream. That's well, what I like. When you stuff with so many different flavors, like the cookie dough, it changes the ratio, the surface area. You're just not getting that much ice cream. Right. You're getting, you're getting a cookie. You're getting schmutz. That's essentially what you're getting in your ice cream. What are you looking at? I'm looking at to see if Baskin Robbins still carries this, the, Do the coffee flavor. Um, I'm not or do you have to go to a Dunkin' Donuts freezer to get it? I, that's possible. Jamocha ice cream? No, no, no. Not Jamocha. Okay. Coffee. That's the closest. Jamocha is sort of coffee, yeah. so maybe they don't make it anymore. That's the closest I'm seeing. Well, then but, I'm banging my head against the wall unnecessarily if but, they don't make it. But you are right. There's, you know, all sorts of, uh, yeah. you know, uh, pralines and cream ice cream, pistachio almond, Oreo cookies. And Why would you cream? think I would want pralines and cream? I don't like either. <laughs> Why would you want that? How about the lunar cheesecake ice cream? I don't want any of that. You like the moon? I like the moon. Like to look at the moon. Don't like to eat the moon. Yes, but I am no. not. I'm not seeing any coffee here, which is very. No. So, so the combination of what I said about the Oscars and the ice cream indicates that the world has passed me by. <laughs> Nothing is aimed at me. My age group, which is, uh, you know, for. Ratings purposes, 65 to dead. Uh, you know, nothing's aimed at me. Except the only, the only television show that aims at me actually is the nightly news. And all of their commercials are for old people. They're all like adult diapers or what's that thing with your house where you turn your house over to somebody and you live in it till you die and then you can't give it to your children. Reverse mortgage. Reverse mortgage. <laughs> that's all there is. It's aimed at me. Like that's, that show's aimed at me because the only people watching the nightly news are people like me who just you know don't know what else to do. because <laughs> They don't know how to get news any other way because they're not on social media. Don't forget the early pre-network coverage of every weekend tour event where you're getting all the, the prostate commercials. Yeah, you get those too. Yeah, I, I just It's really sad. And pathetic. And on that note, Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts you're listening to the tony kornheiser show the tony kornheiser show this is a band that we played last week called the big kid show do we know what city they're from no did not say did not say where they were from. This is a song called Build a New Tomorrow. At the end of the show, of course, you can listen to these shows, to these songs in their entirety without us talking through them. Build a New Tomorrow for Michael Wilbon, the big kid show. We'll play them again later when Pat Forty is on. Before I get to the sports, because I didn't know about this, and I don't think you probably saw this. Did you see the Oscars at all? Yeah, I know. I just, I just, because it's earlier, I'm three hours earlier. Right. I was able to get a thousand calls and texts from friends about Chris Rock and Will Smith. Do you believe this is true? 
Do you believe well, that that was done in anger, or do you think that was staged? Just before I went to bed, the last thing I texted in my text chain with my dear friends and relatives was, this is, this is staged. Oh, because okay. I, and my only reason were, Chris Rock didn't, he, he, he barely went backward. And Will yeah. Smith is a pretty big guy. Will Smith's he's like six four, six, six five. Six, yeah, he's six, a big three, guy. Six four. And, if, if, and so I, I thought, okay, this is. But when I looked at it again, and one thing my brother pointed, Don pointed out, he said, "Look, Chris Rock was shaken. He was shaken by this." So you could see, you know, when he when he tried to go on. And I so so he, I was not watching the Oscars. I had no intention of watching the Oscars. I haven't seen a movie in two years. Yeah, me too. And I'm me an too. I missed guy. I watched. The, I consume the Oscars passionately for all of my life until 2020. Yeah, we're the but same. I, but, but, so no, I was not watching. And yeah, then all of I. a sudden, Tony, I started getting these calls start happening. I'm like, what? And, you, did, you know, so then I started sort of consuming all the conversation about it. But right. I, I too said, come on, this has got to be staged. But everybody tells me I'm crazy. So I don't, like, I don't know... Of course, I don't know them. I have met Chris Rock. I have never met Will Smith. I make the assumption they're boys only because they're about the same age and they're both started out in comedy. Will Smith started out in comedy, obviously, and is comfortable in comedy as well as their performers. So I, my first reaction was, this can't be real. My son, um, sitting next to me at the moment or sitting across from the table from me, also felt this is not real, but I don't know. Do you know anything about them and no, their relationship? I, 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 I don't. I know them. I know. I mean, I've met Chris Rock more than a few times. Um, and He's I've PTI fan. met Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. Um, you know, and we have a golf circumstances similar here in Arizona. And so I've, you know, and I see her more because she's been at the golf club more. Right. Um, and I, so I, it's been just these great, pleasant interactions with either or, not together. But I've seen Will Smith at basketball games and said, hello, he's been very gracious. Yeah, that's that's, all, that's all I got. And Me I'm too. just like, this can't, this can't be. But uh, everybody else is treating it as if, oh, yes, this can be. Well, maybe. We'll find out at some point. Not yeah. this morning, but later on. Uh, so let's go to the NCAAs. We got a one, we got two twos, and the bluest of blue bloods, really. Yeah. I mean, Carolina blue, for God's <laughs> sakes. You know, I understand they're an eight, but for all the talk that we both had that anybody could win, these are four teams you say to yourself, well, it's, you know, I mean, Carolina by the end of the year, by the time they beat Duke, is a lot better than an eight. And the other schools, all of these schools, Mike, have multiple championships, championships. Yep. with yep, yep, multiple yep. coaches. Yep. Well, maybe Duke so, doesn't have with multiple coaches, but he's got five. So I, it, it almost feels like everything we thought didn't quite come true because now we've got a chalk situation, it right? Looked as, it, it looks completely scripted. Yeah. Like it's scripted. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like it's like, okay, really? We got this. We got these four. We got. We got. We got to have more Duke Carolina. Really? So I don't know what to make of it. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I'm just not. 
I don't care about it. And, 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 and Tony, I mean, when you look at the coaches, I mean, I've known the, Hall the of coaches fame. all my Well, life. we don't know about Hubert Davis. Well, but the saying, others are I, Hall I've fame. known Hubert. Cover Hubert Davis. No, Hubert Davis is from Greater Deeds, from Northern Virginia. He's from oh, where I didn't we even are. Know that. I didn't know that. He's yeah, very you know, nice. You know Hubert Davis is a DC no. kid? I didn't know that. What what I knew about him was that when he and Billis were on that pregame show, yeah. you know the it was great. Yeah. They were great together. Yeah. Great together. Yeah, Hubert Davis went to like Lake Braddock or something. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, not so, to mention Hubert Davis was was in the NBA when I in the NBA for a while. You yeah, know, he was with the Knicks and with, and I, it's just like, are you kidding me? Really? Like so this, what I, we're I have. Yeah, tell the tell the people your position on this. I wrote you a note and I said, "Well, wow, I'm, Carol, I'm, I guess I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm, well, we'll I, see. I, I walk it back already." Oh well, I'll just I say, I thought it might be like I said, Carolina Duke would be an enormous rated, enormous right. rating, and you right. first said, "No, it's going to be like the Mets and the Yankees." It's going to be like the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees and the Mets was the lowest rated World Series ever. That's right. That's right. And my thought was, it'll be like that. People. Out here, where I am in Arizona, they don't care. They don't know where Durham is, North Carolina. They don't. They don't care about that. They don't. It would just be another like an intramural thing. But I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I, I've already, already given up the ghost on that one. It's not so going to be dismissed. <laughs> the only team I'm totally dismissing now is Villanova. They just lost a starting guard to a torn ACL. And they only play six guys to begin with. So now they're down to five, playing 40 minutes. Them. You think they could beat Kansas? Them. Kansas looks so good in the can. second half. Okay. Yeah, they, I mean, Villanova's won the most. They've won two. Lately. Does anybody, they've won 16 and 18. Come on. Yeah, That's right. They win. Even without that guy? Yes. Without their, their guard? College okay. song. This is not being without Chris Paul. I mean, let's not get too carried away here. Um, so I, I will root for Duke and Mike Krzyzewski, and so will you, right? Well, it's a little harder than that for me. But, look, of, of, the, of the coaches, the one I know the least, who I know pretty well, is Bill Self. Yeah. And then we get to Hubert Davis again, who, who yes, I know. Uh-huh. And then we get to, to Mike Krzyzewski, who, yeah, I'm, I, I, I tend to... Isaiah Thomas said this on television last night, and Isaiah said, I'm rooting for the guy who grew up like 10, 15 minutes from me. I'm rooting right, for that Chicago. guy, the Chicago guy. Yeah. Which, and I was just, and, I, and, you know, Matthew rolled his eyes. He's like, oh, my God, you, you and Isaiah sound like the same. I'm like, because on this, we are the same. And then, I mean, you know, Villanova, I, 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 I have gotten to know Jay... He invited me to lunch. He was in D.C. I told you this, this, was, this was right before the pandemic. He was in town for something and invited me to this lunch. And it was great. Jay Wright is just the, the, the coolest guy. So that's all four coaches, all four of them. So I guess I'm still going to just root for Mike. I mean, and this is, nobody else is going out of the four. Going Can't into stress, retirement life. Cannot stress this enough to people who are listening. These schools... Like when you draw up a list of great basketball programs, all of these schools are on that list, as is school. UCLA, as is Kentucky, right. maybe right. St. John's. UCLA, Kentucky, not it's even. No, no, no. UCLA is 
UCLA, Kentucky, okay. and the other two. The, and, the, and, then, and these four. Yeah. These four. Yes, that's right. Uh, and, so, then, and then who do you who's, who's who would be the seventh? I don't know. I mean, Indiana. I don't know. Oh, sure, Indiana. Oh, absolutely, Indiana. But sure. it's just like, are you kidding me with this? Scripted. What do you think? This was supposed to be the year of Western teams. Arizona, Gonzaga. You didn't think that? No. No. No, it's not the year of any teams. It's the year still of any, like, everybody had a shot to win this. There were 25 teams that could have won this. No, it wasn't the year of anything. It was the year of many teams. I got that right from the jump in October. I said, there are going to be 10 number one teams. There were there might have been 10. I don't know. Maybe there were nine or 11 or something like that. But there was, you know, everybody had a shot at this. That was it. That's, uh, any other theme to me was, was sort of manufactured. You know that today is the 30-year anniversary of the Leitner shot. Oh, wow. You were there. I was there. What, what, I wrote this down. I got two in my life. I'm not sure, by the way, that Grand Hills Pass wasn't as good as the other one I got, the Flutie Pass. I'm not sure it wasn't oh, as wow, good. And the two, fact yeah. that Rick Pitino did not yeah. put a man on the ball yeah. is something that he regrets his whole life. So yep. I got those two. What have you got? And I don't mean, I'm not talking about, you know, Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson here. Well, I'm talking that's, about, like, that's... the the singular moment thing. What have you got? Well, you must have a bunch. Jordan. I got a bunch of Jordans. I got I got Jordan. Yeah. I got Jordan on the last important shot of his life in Salt Lake City. I mean, I got right. that. Um, is there a football thing? I wasn't out to catch um, Music City Miracle. I got that. Yeah. I mean, I got a few. Um, I'm just, oh, I got Georgetown Villanova. Okay, I got that too. Yeah, you got yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't. You don't want to count Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson. Come on now. Well, but it's not as as like that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's the greatest thing I know. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. But it doesn't have the drama of Leitner's shot or Flutie's pass. Do you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. I guess. Yeah, I see where you're going. Ah, man, it's it's the it may be the greatest thing I've ever seen. The other stuff. I mean. You know, I saw Kathy Freeman win the 400 in Australia. Yes. People say, what's the greatest thing you've ever seen? What's, what's the highlight of your sports career? 42 years, what's the, what's the one thing that got you? Uh, Kathy Freeman. Not Michael yeah. Jordan, Kathy Freeman. Kathy Freeman won the 400 in Sydney. And people right now listening have no idea. Because if it didn't happen, you know, uh, off our On top plays for sports center, <laughs> they have no idea of what their names are. So... But that, you know, I, I, I'm going to think about this after we stop talking, and I'm going to come up with a couple of more, probably. Of I got very I, lucky. I, okay, I, was at, I was at the fumble. Okay. In Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. I was at that's, the drive. You know, that's a, those, are, those are big deals. Yeah. Those are big deals. Those are huge. You know, but I got really lucky because I got Leitner and Flutie. Yeah, those, I mean, that, that, those are yeah. those yeah. top just about everything. To be at those two, and I unless I, unless I, you I got a walk off home run in Game Seven, unless you were at Bill Mazeroski, or, or, you know, or, or, or Carter, or Joe Carter, or Joe Carter. Well, that was Game Six, but yeah, it's a walk off home run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got the Cubs winning. That that, that yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got I was at Jason Worth's walk off home run, but it was not. You know, I mean, it was yeah. it was good, yeah. but it wasn't. 
It wasn't decisive forever and ever and ever. All right, I'm going to ask you one more question and get you out of here. I know you love Jimmy Butler. Yep. Is it possible that Jimmy Butler is a destructive person on a team? They're now, they've oh. now lost eight, 80,000 games in a row, right? They are. Miami? Right now, they are done. That's yeah. done. They look done. Yeah. And look, I thought just the opposite. I thought, okay, this will clear the air. Because we're talking about people who know how to control emotional, you know, turbulence. And that's Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley. They know yeah. how to do this. And they have, players, they have a player who knows how to do this, Jimmy Butler. He's been in the finals with this group two years ago. And so I thought, okay, Miami's going to now take off. They're going to lose maybe one more game, and they'll pull it together. Oh, my God, they look like they've fallen and they can't get up. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. was not – look, I watched the college game. Although yesterday's games were a waste of time. I, yeah. went to, I went to an NBA arena yesterday, and it was an NBA circumstance with NBA players and coaches. And let me – because I went to Sun Sixers yesterday, in which Joel Embiid and, 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 and Devin Booker, they had a duel – the likes of which, look, I, I know that there's no drama in pro basketball until you get to the playoffs, and we're, we're just coming up on that. They had a duel yesterday, the likes of which you don't ever see in college basketball because college kids just can't play that well. You get bird and magic. Okay, that was 50 years ago. You don't, you, and so the conversation yesterday post-game and around coaches and stuff was what is going on with Miami? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like I could look, at the beginning of the year, I picked the conference finals of Phoenix, and who, I don't even know who I picked in the West, but I picked, I might have, I might have said Utah, that's not going to happen. And in the East, I said Miami-Milwaukee, which as of last week, I'm looking pretty damn good. Now, Miami can't win a game. They have been passed, or at least tied, by the Celtics who I now think are going to win the Eastern Conference. I think the Celtics, I think it's a 1976 reprise of Celtics' sons, and the notion that, that Miami is out of it, I, I, Tony, and, and Jimmy Butler is clearly at the center of it. I have said for years he is at times my absolute favorite player in the NBA, if not you know, all the time one of my two or three favorite players in the NBA. I know Jimmy Butler. I love him. But tone, this is unthinkable. They are cratering. Yeah. And you could trace it. Yeah. And Tony, there were whispers going into that game, hey, something's up with Miami. And you go, what? What are you talking about? And then you see what happens and it plays out. And now it's just like this unthinkable that they cannot rally themselves. Now, there are two weeks left before the playoffs, this week and next week. But Man, to answer your question, I, I don't know. That it can, can all that be blamed on Jimmy Butler? Maybe. I don't know. And so here's the other thing. The people who've been playing against them and watch them and know them in the NBA, they look at you and go, I have no idea. It's as bewildering as Chris Rock and Will Smith to them. Okay. The no, that's good. Be doing this. All right. Enjoy uh, Arizona. I'll talk to you later. We'll Michael so. Wilbon, right. boys and girls. Pat Forty, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, The Big Kid Show. This is a uh, song called Thank You. 
plays in Pat 40. Michael, if people like the Big Kid Show want to send in their original music, which can be heard, as I say, in its entirety at the end of the podcast, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. So Pat 40 is back with us. I called him personally because I didn't want him to think that we were just using him up like a sponge. But Pat said he would be happy to do the show. I'm going to go in order because I think it makes some sense in terms of the four teams that are in. And I'll start with Villanova, the only team of the four that can win in the 50s and in the 70s. They can do that. They won with 50 points the other day. But they lost Justin Moore. Um, I I think you write them off at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, I mean, just another incredible coaching job by Jay Wright to take a six-man team with some limitations this far, but they're a six-man team that's now a five-man team. He was their number two scorer. Yeah. He led them in minutes yeah. played. Yeah. And they just don't have anybody to put in there. I mean, their they're seventh, eighth, ninth people don't even average ten minutes or two points a game. So given the level of competition that's coming, uh, I hate to say it, but I think Villanova's done. They're such a good team. And they're such the other day they made all 15 of their foul shots. They're such a good team. With him, they have a chance, even against Kansas, which is clearly the most explosive and best team out there. But Villanova, I agree with you. I just don't think they have a chance without him. I don't. Not 40 no. minutes. No. They don't, you know. And it, again, it's too bad. Cause Jay Wright, this is, this is among his best coaching jobs. and He's done so many. But, I mean, if you watch him, they play so differently especially than the way the game is evolving. You know, they still play a slow pace on offense, yes, although, as you said, yes. they can score. But they, they post up their guards. They, they pound the ball endlessly in isolations. They, they have a million little up-and-under head fakes, uh, post moves. You know, they, they, they space the ball brilliantly. They make their free throws. Uh, they, they have every CYO sixth-grade fundamental down, at a, but they do yep. it at a really high level. Yep, yep, and they're all physically tough, and they can all dribble, and they can all shoot. There's no particular weakness, but they've only got now five guys. This is not Hoosiers. It's not going to work against Kansas because Kansas got eight, nine guys. Kansas in the second half, Kansas was – that's the best that we've seen any team at any extended period of time in the tournament so far. Yes, no? I thought that. Uh, no, I would agree. I mean, that was overwhelming. That was that was very impressive. And frankly, look, Kansas has had some moments with Bill Self where they've gotten really tight in regional final games, and they're down at halftime. And I thought, oh, my gosh, are we seeing another one like they had against VCU uh, and a few others? And no, they, they just hit the gas and, and blew away Miami. Now, yet Miami was a 10 seed for a reason, but still, that's a – a high-level program, and they were playing at a high level, and they just destroyed them. And the big thing with this Kansas team, I, don't, I didn't think they had been great defensively this year, but they're getting better, and their centers especially have been kind of underwhelming. But they've gotten a nice kind of rotation between David McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot now, and they've got everything else. They've got, they've got shooters. They've got scores. They, got, you know, they can play on the perimeter. They can do all those things. Uh, and if their centers are going to play like that, uh, watch out. The games were bad yesterday. Other than the second half of the Miami-Kansas game, there was there was really nothing, right? I mean, and we'll go to St. Peter's now. I mean, you couldn't expect them. 
anybody would have figured they would lose by 20 to Carolina, and they did, or 25, whatever it was. In both cases, with Miami in the second half and with St. Peter's, you know, that they didn't hit any threes at all. Miami never had anybody underneath for offensive rebounds. Not at all. I mean, Miami collapsed. St. Peter's didn't collapse. They're a 15 seed from a terrible conference. Miami collapsed. Please tell me if I'm wrong on that. No, no. Miami, that, that was a really bad way to go out for Miami. They just lost composure and, like, they just stopped even trying to run an offense. They just came down and chucked yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it looked, like, it looked like Auburn did at the end against Miami. Uh, where it's just like, oh, my gosh, we don't know what, what to do. We're just going to come down and heave it. Uh, yeah, St. Peter's, look, awesome story, really fun, uh, provided us what, what, what we always kind of want from, from the NCAA tournament is at least one team you know nothing about from nowhere, uh, you know, pulling upsets and overcoming the odds, and you get to meet a different coach and some players you'd never heard of and stuff. And so they did that. That was great. But yeah. then – Look, inevitably, there is a ceiling. They raised the ceiling on what a 15 seed could do, but there is still a ceiling, and they hit it hard against North Carolina, which was just a terrible matchup. You could see that one coming for sure. I'm assuming that their coach, Shaheen Holloway, goes right to Seton Hall where he played, and there's an opening because that guy went to Maryland. I think he's already got his feet up on the desk in the, in the coaching office there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, And I, nobody I, that, can blame that, him. Yeah, oh, no, it's him. his alma mater, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. look, St. Peter's is an impossible job. So if, yeah. if, if you get a call from the Big East, you go to the Big East. All right. All right, so let me get to Duke. Duke beat two teams that are probably as good, if not better, than they are, uh, Texas Tech and Arkansas. The players seem no longer overwhelmed by the moment, as they certainly did against Carolina. The fact that they it, – it's incredible to me, Pat, and I use that word, incredible – that Duke and Carolina have never met in the NCAAs. I just found that beyond my comprehension. You're going to get that. It's the semifinals. It'd be better, I guess, in the finals, but you don't know if you'd get to the finals. You're going to get that. Carolina pounded them the last time. Duke pounded them in Chapel Hill before that. I got to feel Duke is a significant favorite in my mind. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Carolina's playing at a very high level, but... I, I do think Duke is better. I think the circumstances contributed to what happened the last time they played. And frankly, it was interesting. I talked to Grant Hill after the regional final uh, in San Francisco, and, and he's of the belief that losing that game helped get Duke where it is. So you can say that game, neither team would be here if that game had turned out differently because it absolutely right. gave Carolina the confidence. First of all, it for sure got them in the tournament because they weren't even a lock at that point. But right. then it gave them the confidence to be this good. And then, you know, if, if, if Duke needed a hard reset and to get past the, you know, Coach K's last dance and all that business and, and say, oh, my gosh, we got to get better defensively, well, that's happened. And, yeah, Duke played two outstanding games, I thought, in San Francisco against really good competition, as you said. I yes, mean, yes. Texas Tech physically just rugged and tough, and, and they played through that and made the key plays at the end. I mean, they were, Texas Tech defense the best in the country, and they made shot after shot after shot. They shot 71% in the second half. And then Arkansas, you know, they took control of that game late in the first half and just wouldn't let Arkansas all the way back in it. Uh, so I was, I was super impressed with them. And I think, you know, they could have as many as five first-round draft picks on the team. So they have the most talent left, 
I'm not sure they're playing at as le- quite the level Kansas is, but they have the most talent left. So could could Coach K go out with a sixth and final title? Yeah, it's not out of the question. But it was out of the question when Carolina beat them a few weeks ago, right? It was out of the question. Yes, completely. I mean, I thought yes. so. I was there yes. that game, and I walked out saying, oh, my gosh, they're cooked. They can't yeah. handle this, you know? Right. I, I mean, so for what they've done in three weeks' time is is amazing. Uh, it really is, and especially they followed that up by, by that bad loss to Virginia Tech in the ACC title game, and – and then they're behind against Michigan State, uh, and they're in an absolute war with Texas Tech. I, I mean, they've come through uh, very, very impressively, and uh, I, I am I am really surprised. Having been there on both March 5th and March 26th, I, I'm shocked where Duke is. Um, this was supposed to be the year of the Western team. Arizona, UCLA, Gonzaga, certainly. And now what you got is three teams that are on I-95 or I-85 and Kansas. You got, yeah. I said this to Wilbon earlier, you got the bluest of the blue bloods here. This is what you got, right? Surprising. You do, yeah, yeah. And I was one of those people saying it was one of the years of the Western team, yep. so I'll, yep. I, I'll shut up now. But uh, the, the, uh, here's your stat, your blue bud stat for you, Tony. The, the last time that every school in the Final Four had won at least three national titles, Never. This is it. This is yeah. the first time. These are super highly accomplished programs. Three Hall of Fame coaches, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dozens of Final Fours, uh, you know, numbers one, three, and four in all-time victories. Kansas one, North Carolina three, Duke four. So, you know, they, again, the NCAA tournament gave us what we tend to want, which is, you know, some populist appeal with some little guys in there. But then by the end, give us the heavyweights, and we got the heavyweights. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. Penny Hardaway. Does Penny Hardaway go boom? He doesn't go boom because that's his city, Memphis. Nothing happens, right? Nothing happens. My guess is that they will ride it out with him. Now, I mean, he's named in level one violations. It could mean he's suspended for half a season, even a full season. That's not out of the question. So they got to decide if they want to ride through that, plus any other restrictions he may face in terms of recruiting. But... He's Penny Hardaway, and that's Memphis, and I would think that they would probably try to ride it out. I know this. I, I think it would be pretty pretty wild if, if Penny Hardaway suspended for a year and Larry Brown at age 107 steps in to be <laughs> the, right. the, the interim head coach. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that, that the level one suspensions were not charged when Larry was there, and I think most of them were not, but I'm not yes. certain about that. Larry has a way to find He's around violations. Let's just yes, say that. I love him, love him, love him, love him. But, uh, yeah, there is that, that bites you in the hand every once in a while. All right, thank you, Pat. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it very much. We will call on you again, as you know. Thank you, thank you. Of course. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you. Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated. We will take a break, and the father of Brooke Forty, who we love. Um, we'll take a break. We will come back with Jingle and Email. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Going to read some faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Going to read some for all your folks. Going to read some for all of you. Tom Moss. 
It's great. <laughs> Makes me laugh all the time. It does. Just wonderful. Why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel laugh? Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you'll be thrilled. Wilbon texted. Yes, he did. He said, I forgot a big moment. He's got one, though. Tyson biting off Holyfield's ear. That's a big one. That's <laughs> a, a big one. large one, yes. That'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Pat Forty. Thanks to our sponsor, Sunday. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Cook it in the pan, Stan. <laughs> I was thinking 50 ways to cook a chicken. Chicken. The grill, Phil. <laughs> From Henry Yoho in Tampa, Florida. My name is Henry Yoho. I'm the play-by-play broadcaster of the University of Tampa club hockey team. I'm at the national tournament this week working with the broadcast team's coverage of the tournament in Philadelphia. On my first night here, I had to make a stop at a Wawa. I saw a group of hockey players from the Binghamton Bearcats. I thought to myself, hey, I know that school. I wanted to ask, hey, do you guys know Sam the Sham Sessoms? I learned then the Binghamton team was staying in my hotel and learned that they share a similar fascination with the moon as you. The first night here was March's full moon, the worm moon, and they took great appreciation for the moon's beauty, and they have used the worm moon as a rallying cry for the team's national championship game taking place on Wednesday, the 23rd. Okay, that's over now. Taking on Babson from Massachusetts. I had to tell you this because all I could think of during this tournament has been Mr. Tony's stories of the school as I have no other connection being from Florida. To top it off, Stony Brook couldn't even make it out of group play here. Thanks for the years of laughs, and I want you to know you have a young listener. He's 23 years old in Tampa. Did Binghamton play Babson in college hockey? Yeah, I'm looking for that. I'll have to find that. I need to know up. more about that Wawa order. From Rocky. Guessing yeah, a double pretzel. Wawa is what you lived on for four years. Yes, you always say that. That and food trucks. Thanks. Is it not true? I, I enjoyed Wawa from time to time. From Rocky Rakovic in St. Peter's, New Jersey, of course. The following are the top five Littles brackets named for 2022. St. Peter's Saliza. That's a great name. <laughs> Juana Headslap. Oh, yeah. That was like, uh, that was a Juwan Howard moment for... Uh, for Will Smith last night. Eight kitchen outlet passes. Spike Brawny Man. Arkansas David Aldridge on TV. These are brilliant names. From Papa Theum in Paris, there are very few situations in which the words, I have a vat of expired cottage cheese should ever be said. A chemistry experiment might be one of those situations. Or maybe if the sentence is followed by, I was on my way to throw it out when the podcast started and took me by surprise. Not by I'm afraid of opening it. I'm tempted to ask you if you had a reason for still having that at the time you recorded the podcast, but I'm almost afraid that you actually did. No, I just didn't. I didn't. But now it's gone. It's gone. Um, Oh, this is okay. I've never heard of Lucerne, but let me tell you my go-to cottage cheese and why Friendship California style, 4% small curd, is fabulous. My problem with most cottage cheese is it's soupy and it doesn't stay on my wheat toast, which I have for breakfast with a bowl of raisin bran every weekday. Saturday is bacon and eggs day, and Sunday is bagels and locks. You think you've got shtick? Shabbat shalom. Regards, DG. How great is that? How great is that? From Jared Emick in a story in New York, your recent monologue on the lack of cottage cheese at the refugee Safeway was layered, complex, and endlessly fascinating. Quote, I went to the refugee Safeway yesterday, and I went to buy some cottage cheese. There was no cottage cheese in the refugee Safeway. None. Not four ounces, not eight ounces, not 12 ounces, not with pineapple. There was none. They had none. While the pot is always open to interpretation, what you appear to be saying here is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there was no cottage cheese at the refugee Safeway. Brilliant, subtle, and above all, relatable. I'm looking forward to your next piece. From Shad, 
that a mouse in your Lucerne large curd cottage cheese, or is it expired? <laughs> From Scott Jaster, who writes, 10 outlets, one solo stove, and a close friend with a new Subaru, sigh. I feel your pain. The refugee price chopper in Saugerties, New York, has been out of pickled jalapenos for what seems like an eternity. Hmm, okay. From Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The pump don't work because the vandals took the handle. I was one of the vandals. Sorry. Hope my punishment doesn't involve mouth tape and a slow plunge. From Sean in Falls Church. Not our Sean, another Sean. I didn't think I would ever have anything to contribute to the mailbag. After all, the most famous person from my hometown is the lead singer of the Dan Band, who I assume is named Dan. Then I heard that we may be getting into arson confessions. While it wasn't me, but another non-famous person from my hometown that fit this category, I figured I should share. To make a long arson story short, the first weekend I had my driver's license, we took a trip to my parents' unoccupied cabin on the lake. I drove myself three non-arsonists and one soon-to-be arsonist. (laughs) After drinking like it was going out of style at the age of 16, we awoke to a blazing home. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, and after some fun legal escapades, we found out a year later that one of us lit the curtains on fire in order to be able to put them out and be a hero. He succeeded at the first part, not so much the second. (laughs) Thankfully, after a year or so of being grounded, it turned up turning. It ended up turning into a funny story for the most part. Thanks for all you do in the show, <laughs> Bill Pitcher in Quarryville, Pennsylvania. My life of crime began the day of the O.J. verdict, when, as a teenager, I forgot to pay for ten bucks in gas at the convenience store I visited nearly every day. My dad, a police officer, said it happens all the time. Just pop in later to take care of it. Instead, I avoided that store for the next fifteen years. <laughs> kind of like that. One more. Uh, Nick Sharkey in Washington, D.C. We know Nick, don't we? Don't we know Nick Sharkey? Connecticut Avenue. Didn't he come to, uh, to chatter a couple of times? I believe he did, yes. Inspired by Happy Gilmore, then a new movie, my buddy and I took some cow poop and put it in a brown paper bag. We then put 10 cents of gas into a pop bottle and later put some on the bag. Sneaking up to our football coach's cement porch, we lit it on fire, rang the doorbell, then ran to watch. Don't put it off your boot, Ted. I don't know if you know this. But gas is pretty flammable, so instead of having a little flame to be stopped out, thus a joke, it looked like noon in the evening the flame was so big. Thankfully, it went out quickly and no one was hurt. What lesson did I learn? Aside from not using gas as an accelerant, I learned the importance of partnering with someone who keeps their yaps shut. My buddy bragged about it, and we eventually got busted. Just a minor suspension, but lessons learned. Eat it, Saliza, Nick Sharp. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Now, if there's anything I can do for you, but I certainly hope you'll die soon. Yeah, I certainly hope you'll die soon.
Thank you for this chair, thank you for your best, and thanks for the unfair.